It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's Locked On Reds podcast, we are going to talk about some uh, non-tender deadline stuff. It's been moved up since the lockout is looming on December the 2nd, so today is the non-tender deadline. We'll look at some Reds who could be non-tendered and the reason why they might be kept. And later on, we'll talk about a platoon that could be the way to replace Nick Castellanos. That's coming up on today's Lockdown Reds podcast. Let's get started. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You have found the Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you so much for making me your first listen of the day. Appreciate you bearing with me during the off day yesterday as I've been getting over a bit of a cold. I think I sound okay. I, I sound a lot better than I did yesterday. You would not have wanted to listen to anything I had to say. But today, we've got a lot of great stuff to talk about with the non-tender deadline coming up as the Reds have some guys who they could move on from. But I have a thought as to why they probably won't. I don't know that you're going to like it though, but again, thanks for making us your hashtag first listen. Make sure that you're subscribed right here on YouTube or on your favorite podcasting app. That way you don't miss anything that I've got coming for you during this lockout period and the off season and all that great stuff. Uh, there's been so much that has gone on even through free agency. And of course the reds aren't a part of any of it except for the fact that they've lost some guys in case you missed it. Michael Lorenzen is now a Los Angeles angel which is kind of exciting for him because he's from that area of the country. He went to Cal State Fullerton. He's kind of going back home, but that is a loss for this Reds bullpen. To be honest with you, though, quick analysis on that before we jump into the non-tender stuff. When it comes to losing Michael Lorenzen, it sucks, but the Reds weren't bringing him back. Michael Lorenzen's goal, and, and they said it whenever he signed with the Angels, his goal through free agency was to sign with a team that was going to give him a chance to start. And basically, the Angels have already said they're slotting him in to their starting rotation. And he also wanted the ability to play the outfield during the days that he wasn't pitching as a starter. Now, that might have worked with the Reds, but I think it would have been a stretch. And it would have really messed with this roster. I don't think that there would have been a spot for him to do that here. So I don't think he was ever coming back for the Reds. We were thinking of him as a loss of the bullpen. He was going to be a loss from the Reds bullpen no matter what because he wants to start and that's what he's going to get the chance to do in Los Angeles. The Reds also lost CNL Perez, depending on you know how you define the word lost, to the Baltimore Orioles. I talked with Connor Newcomb on Lockdown Orioles about what they are getting in CNL Perez. So he will no longer be stuck between Louisville and Cincinnati on the on the uh, uh, I-71 there. Uh, he's going to be probably on Baltimore's Major League roster for most of the season. All right, let's jump into the meat of today's show, and that is talking about the non-tender deadline and what that looks like for the Reds today because when we're talking about non-tendering players I'm not talking about guys with like guaranteed contracts there are certain players who this does not affect guys like Joey Vado Mike Mustakis uh, you're looking at Sonny Gray you're looking at 
uh, Justin Wilson. You're looking at Shogo Akiyama, guys like that, who in a Eugenio Suarez, who's those guys contract is guaranteed. They're getting paid the amount that they are on the books for non-tender portrays to arbitration and pre-arbitration eligible players. All players who are within that umbrella technically only have a one year guaranteed contract for each season while they're under team control. The entirety of their contract isn't guaranteed until they go through free agency and get signed by a team, or if they get an extension a la Wander Franco and his amazing 12-year contract that the Rays just signed with him. And now, according to Spot Track, which is where I kind of get my information when it comes to Reds contracts, numbers, and years, and things like that, according to Spot Track, these guys are all due raises through arbitration. Luis Castillo and Jesse Winker are scheduled to make a little over seven million, according to Spot Track's uh, estimated numbers. Uh, Tyler Malley is due to make over five million. Tyler Naquin over three. Amir Garrett and Kyle Farmer around two million plus. And Nick Senzel, Jeff Hoffman, Lucas Sims, and Luis Sessa are all due to make at least a million dollars or more through arbitration this year. Get all that? I'm just kidding. There won't be a quiz or anything, but those are the guys who are due raises when it comes to, uh, unless you are Joey Votto, Mike Moustakis, Eugenio Suarez, Sonny Gray, Shogo Akiyama, or Justin Wilson. And you're on the Reds roster. You're making the minimum of $575,000 looking at guys like Aristides Aquino, uh, TJ Friedel, Tyler Stevenson, most of the bullpen, you know, things like that. Those are all the minimum, minimum, uh, numbers if they are tendered a contract for this upcoming year, the reds can choose to non-tender one of those guys, but again, they're only going to make 575,000. So if they non-tender a guy like Aristides Aquino, it's not to save money. It's to get rid of his spot on the roster and bring somebody else up. So with all of that, it's, and it's also interesting to note too, looking at spot track, the deferred salaries up until this year, the reds have been paying Bronson Arroyo. I think it was like a little over a million dollars a year. He is no longer one of the deferred contracts that the reds are paying. The only deferred contract they have left is Ken Griffey jr. Who's making just under $3.6 million this year, next year. And I believe 2024, or it's either through 2024 or until 2024, one of the two, but regardless the three point uh, just, a shade under 3.6 million that Ken Griffey Jr. is going to make this coming season makes him the ninth highest paid player on the Reds roster. Yeah. Let that sink in for a minute. He hadn't played for a while. So with all of that being said, that leaves a couple of guys as non-tender candidates. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about on today's episode, because I'll tell you who, if all things were equal, should be on the non-tender chopping block Coming up here in just a minute. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. Head on over there today and set up your profile with the promo code locked on. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus in which if you put in a hundred bucks, they're going to give you 50 just for typing in that promo code. Betonline.ag is revamped for basketball season as college basketball is now underway. And so is the NBA. You can get in on all the great basketball betting options as well as all the football betting options that they have. I mean, you'll see, you see they got the championship game this Saturday against Houston. You can bet on that game and more at betonline.ag. They've got 
NHL lines, they've got UFC lines, they've got boxing lines, and all of your favorite Vegas casino games. If you want to get off the bench and get in the action, just like me, at the only online sportsbook that I trust, that's betonline.ag, go there today and set up your profile with the promo code locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus. Betonline.ag is where the game starts. And also today, get your television together. It's 2021 after all. It's about to be 2022. Stop it with all of the multiple streaming uh, services that everybody has profiles on nowadays. If you're like me, you got like your favorite streaming service for movies, for television shows, for reality shows, maybe even for sports as well. You can bring it all under one television screen with DirecTV Stream. Go to directtv.com right now and learn about the different packages that they have for you. You can get all of your favorite live TV shows as well as on-demand favorites, movies, live sporting events, and all of your news and reality TV that you can handle. That's all at directtv.com. Learn about DirecTV Stream today and bring your television into the 21st century. That's Direct TV Stream. You must have a compatible device to get Direct TV Stream, and the contents vary by the package that you choose. All right, so we kind of laid out what non-tender is and, and what that has to portray to. So let's look at some guys who the Reds could non-tender. These are players that I have mentioned in the recent past, by the way. Thanks for making us your hashtag first listen of the day. Uh, Tyler Naquin, Kyle Farmer, Amir Garrett, Jeff Hoffman, Nick Senzel, and not necessarily for monetary purposes, but because I think we know who he is, Aristides Aquino. Those are all guys that I've mentioned in the past. And a lot of people are thinking that they can move on from Amir Garrett simply because he just didn't perform as well as they were hoping this past season. And they can move on from Jeff Hoffman for similar reasons. You know what you're going to get in both those players. They are solid relievers that have decent stuff, but they're super inconsistent. Here's the thing with that, though. Talking about how if the Reds were approaching this as a team in the contention window, I think this is how they would move. They would probably non-tender Amir Garrett. They would probably non-tender Jeff Hoffman. And I think they would also non-tender Tyler Naquin. However... This team has established a precedent that cuts will be made and additions have not necessarily been written off, though they've also not been teased. So it's very likely that the Reds hold on to all of these players, believing them to get better in the coming season. It's about the status quo when you look at who's still on the roster. I think that the Reds made it clear with the option players that they had in Tucker Barnhart and Wade Miley that they were going to do whatever they could to pay as little money as possible. They didn't even want to pay the money to buy out their options, which all total would have been like $1.5 million, 500,000 for Tucker Barnhart, 1 million for Wade Miley. So when you look at that you say, how on earth are they going to turn that into a scenario where they then go add players? That's hard to say. And the fact that they would take some guys on this roster who, let's face it, Tyler Naquin of this group that I just mentioned, Tyler Naquin is going to be the most expensive. And what I say he was going to make, it was just a little over $3 million according to Spot Track. So I think that the Reds are going to look at that and say, yeah, we could afford to pay Tyler Naquin a little over $3 million and not go get anybody else 
We could afford to pay Kyle Farmer over $2 million and have him be our starting shortstop as opening day happens and probably move Jose Barrero into the outfield. We could pay Amir Garrett to be our closer. We could pay Jeff Hoffman to be a swing starter, possibly spot starter slash long reliever. Nick Senzel will get better, and Aristides Aquino will figure it out. I don't think the Reds are going to non-tender anybody. And I know that that's not sexy. I know that that's not real grabby. Like, Jeff, boy, you're really coming hard with the takes today. I know. But the problem with this is the Reds have established that they are not going to be aggressive one way or the other. Whether you're talking about the idea of tearing down for a rebuild, I think that it is highly likely that the Reds, if they trade any of their starters, they might trade Sonny Gray. I don't think they're trading Luis Castillo. They're not going to get the asking price that they want for him. Something that I'd be interested to talk with Steve Granado over at Locked On Angels about because Luis Castillo has been linked with the Angels. However, if I were Nick Crawl, that conversation would begin with Joe Adele. And I think the Angels aren't interested in anything like that. So... I, I think it's going to be hard to trade Castillo and they would be absolutely just, I, I would be dumbfounded if the Reds found a trade for Tyler Maui. So if any of those guys get traded, I think it's Sonny Gray. But when you look at these guys here that if you're watching on YouTube and you see the picture that I've got, the Reds leadership currently sitting on a golf cart, probably in Goodyear talking to Nick Crawl. I, I think that we're talking about a team that is going to hold on to the status quo which means start imagining a world where Aristides Aquino is part of a platoon in right field with Tyler Naquin. Yeah, I know. This really isn't uh, great stuff that I'm telling you at the moment, but you know what? Maybe the Reds will surprise us. I don't know. That could happen. I'd like to hold on to the hope that that would happen, and for a moment, let's allow that hope to be something that we talk about here in just a moment, because I want to believe that the Reds will still make a couple of moves. I want to believe that they're going to give me a reason to put a Cincinnati Reds t-shirt back on. I mentioned uh, this on the quad. I think it was on the quadcast, or maybe it was on the podcast with Lucas Smith. I don't know. The Thanksgiving week was kind of a blur between the holiday and the fact that I was kind of sick that week and doing a bunch of different crossovers. That was kind of weird, but I've not worn a Reds shirt or Reds hat or Reds anything for the last couple of weeks because I said on Twitter I would not wear Reds memorabilia until they made an addition, until they made a move that made the team better for next year. They haven't done that yet. They signed Christian Santana, whatever. If he helps at all this season, I'll be surprised. So the ball's in the Reds' court. Time to get me to wear a Reds shirt. But for now, I'll wear Bearcats because the Bearcats are awesome. But let's have some fun with this. And let's imagine for a minute that the Reds do something because this was brought up to me on Twitter and I'll share the tweet now. If you're on YouTube, you can see this from at get Schrocked. He said, this is a Naquin McCutcheon, a possible platoon to replace Castellanos. That is, if Naquin isn't non-tendered. So let's start with that. I don't think he's going to be non-tendered. I think that based on what I have seen from Bobby Nightingale, from Mark Sheldon, from the different beat reporters who have a little bit more access than I do into the team, 
they are approaching this as if Naquin is kind of already written on the roster for opening day in pen. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think Tyler Naquin is a red in 2022. So he's probably going to be handed the right field job at least for right now, unless the reds make a surprising move. So let's pretend for a moment that they do surprise us and they go get Andrew McCutcheon. I want to tell you why I think this is going to be interesting. They could make a fairly good platoon with Andrew McCutcheon and Tyler Naquin. For the YouTube people, you can now see this is the graphic. These are the platoon splits for Andrew McCutcheon. McCutcheon against left-handed pitching last year is exactly what the Reds need to get better against left-handed pitching this year. He hit 293 against left-handed pitchers last year, and he slugged 622. He hit 15 of his 27 home runs, and he did it in half of the at-bats he got against right-handed pitching. He only had 164 at-bats against left-handed pitchers, and he had 15 home runs and 32 RBIs. He got on base 40% of the time against left-handed pitching. That is something that the Reds could sorely use. I mean, that would be amazing for them to add because Tyler Naquin is a talented dude in a couple of caveats. Talk about the months that begin with a April and August. He was phenomenal. And when you look at the awesomeness that is Tyler Naquin, you bring up his platoon splits against right-handed pitching and 350 at bats. He slugged 514 and had a 283 batting average. That is phenomenal, and he got on base almost 34% of the time. You compare that to his numbers against left-handed pitching, which the Reds were like, yeah, we didn't need to see too much of that. They only gave him 61 at-bats against left-handed pitchers, and he still only hit a buck 97, and he slugged 262. Yikes. If Tyler Naquin is penciled onto this roster to be the right fielder, that means that the Reds need to get a right fielder that will hit against left-handed pitching because Tyler Naquin isn't doing that. So let's just for a moment think of this. If the Reds are actually looking at Andrew McCutcheon, last year he made $20 million. That's not going to be anywhere near the ballpark that he gets this year. And I don't think that that's going to get the Reds out of the running for him either because the Phillies bought out his 2022 option. I mean, imagine that buying out an option and not just, you know, putting it on on waivers, whatever they bought it out for $3 million. So I'm thinking maybe the Reds could probably get Andrew McCutcheon for around seven to $8 million, you know, seven or eight million dollars. I think that's a possibility, you know, whether or not the Reds will actually pay that, whatever that's, we'll find that out. But uh, I think that that could be doable to get him to hit against left-handed pitching and, you know, maybe work Tyler Naquin into the center field spot or something like that. I don't know. I would like to see the Reds go after Andrew McCutcheon, especially based on those platoon splits that I showed you. The problem is the Reds are probably going to do the status quo thing that I talked about in the last segment where they don't non-tender anybody. They don't move on from some guys that I feel like they should probably move on from, and they hope a lot of guys get better. So that also includes the idea of using Aristides Aquino in a right field platoon. For a moment, let's talk about this. Now, firstly, and I have it highlighted for those who 
on YouTube, you can see this is Aristides Aquino against left-handed pitching. He had 81 at-bats this past season, and he hit a cool 198 against them. He did, however, have a 444 slugging, which is at least okay. And the two things that I'll point out to you, that if we're going to do this, if we're going to play this game of hope, and we're going to agree, or not agree, but at least understand that the Reds are going to do this, where they're like, he could get better. Let's tell you two things that might actually support that thesis. Number one, he only struck out. Excuse me. He only struck out 28 times in 81 at bats against left-handed pitching compared to striking out 47 times in 93 at bats against right-handers. So at least you can explain that a little bit. He doesn't strike out as much against the lefty. And he had a BABIP of 204. Yeah, I know we hate talking about BABIP, but that's where we are. If we're looking at a status quo Cincinnati Reds team that looks at Tyler Naquin and says, how are we going to support you? And how are we going to supplement your weaknesses against left-handed pitching? And we're just going to keep Aristides Aquino. Well, he had a poor BABIP against lefties and he didn't strike out as much against lefties. So maybe those two things support a resurgence and the 198 batting average doesn't tell the whole story. I don't know. I really want the Reds to actually go out and do stuff, which brings you, brings me to this other point that kind of encapsulates everything. Question from Chris. Why does Bob hate us? Thanks, Chris. Appreciate the question. Um, I don't think Bob hates Reds fans. I think Bob likes the idea of being the owner of the Cincinnati Reds, but he likes it more for the financial security. He likes it more, and really Phil Castellini likes it for the money that it brings in for them. The problem with that standpoint is they're approaching it from a QuickBooks perspective, from a bottom line perspective. And when you approach it that way, wins aren't the first thing you think about. It's the, you know, whether the reds are in the red or the black, which I don't think that they're in the red. I just think that the profits have been lower than the normal because of the pandemic or whatever. And that's the reason that they're using for why they're not spending money on winning. They want to win so long as it fits within their budget. And because of that, they're going to look like they hate Reds fans. They don't. They just want us to pay to see their product that they paid less to make. And that's really what it boils down to. All right. With today being the non-tender deadline, some news should be coming out soon as to who's going, who's staying, what the Reds are doing with a lot of different players. And maybe the Reds might actually make a move today. We'll react to that and get you primed for the lockout that we'll see a freeze, which, which only makes me laugh because the other day I randomly was on HBO max and, and saw that they had Batman and Robin on there. And I started watching that it, real quick aside. I love Batman. Batman's amazing. That is the single most cheesiest movie in the history of movies, period. They looked at every single scene and they're like, should we go cheesy with this? And then they were like, yeah, duh, we're going to go cheesy with this. Whoever wrote the lines for Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze, I want to know what that person's doing right now, because that was every pun in the book. I mean, any ice pun, there was literally a, a sentence that he said where he said the word nice, but he emphasized ice. 
I'm not even making that up. If you if you don't remember that movie, go back and watch it. You're going to be like, holy crap, this is the cheesiest movie ever. But yeah, we'll use a lot of Mr. Freeze puns during the lockout because that's just the way that I'm going to roll with this. But yeah, we'll get you all primed for that on tomorrow's Lockdown Reds. Thank you so much for listening to today's Lockdown Reds and making us your hashtag first listen of the day. Now go make your second listen Lockdown Bets as your boy Q and Lee Sterling help you make some cash over at betonline.ag. That's Lockdown Bets, just like Lockdown Reds, free and available wherever you get your podcast. I'll talk to you, each and every one of you tomorrow because it might be the offseason. We're Lockdown Reds every single day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.